Hello, thank you for joining us. This is the Friendly Reminder Podcast. It's your weekly friendly reminder of what's going on around the world, in our lives, and everything in between. My name is Gus. Today is August the 20th. And as always, I have my two dearest friends here with me. Daniel, how are you today? Good, Gus. I'm just going to take a big swig of beer and check my news alerts for Steve Bannon. Oh, dear. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a good day. Steve Bannon was der- arrested so by the post office. By the post we'll office. By the post office. Yeah. I think I must interject here. Um, and joining us also is Sam. How are you today, Sam? I'm doing really good. How are you, guys? Doing well. Like Daniel said, you know, Steve Bannon uh, brought to justice. I'm sure there's going to be no meddling whatsoever. Uh, he's going to be Steve in jail Bannon for would. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not no, like yeah. they were trying to fire the U.S. Uh, attorney of the SDNY before this. So, you know, no. I'm sure it'll be good. And justice for all. Uh, but yes, thank you both for joining me today. We have quite an episode teed up for you for our dear listeners thank you uh to our listeners for joining us as well um so guys it's it's that time it's 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 convention season uh today or today this week uh was the and still is the uh democratic national convention uh started on monday it ends today actually just to preface this uh we are recording before the Joe Biden speech, it is August the 20th. He is scheduled to speak today in a couple of hours. So we don't know what's going to happen there. I, I imagine it'll be a fine speech, but probably nothing, no blockbuster um, type of speech. But, you know, if we feel like there's anything that we need to cover, we'll cover it next week. But just want to let you know that we haven't seen it yet. So we have nothing to say about it. But obviously this speech or this convention was a little different considering everything that's going on uh it is an all virtual convention it did not take place in whatever arena they were gonna host it in milwaukee uh it is virtual and there were a lot of questions surrounding that what was it is it going to be a disaster like is it going to be some sort of work from home situation that a lot of us have experienced over these past six months that kind of awkwardness and as it turns out it's fine. It's, it's been good. It's been a pretty, pretty well-produced, tightly packaged convention. Infomercial is, I think, all conventions are to a certain extent an infomercial for the party, but I think this one is definitely a little, taking that concept to the, the next level. Not, not that I'm saying that it's bad. I'm just saying it's funny that people are watching it, leftists on Twitter are watching it and going like, oh my god. What what everything is is terrible, and it's like, well, I, I understand that to a certain extent. They are having a lot of Republicans speak and <clears throat> trying to appeal to crossover voters, but uh, f- you know, for the most part, I would say that's okay. Um, the yeah. question is, the question really for those people is, is Biden going to govern like that? I'm a little concerned that he is, but I don't think you know convention is sort of neither here nor there on that point so yeah i i don't even yeah. think convention is so much to set up at least in the past and i think this is no different that doesn't even really set up an ideology or, or like a plan to not cover. a lot of policy it's more just like yeah. here's the candidate and yeah and here and I think it, it does talk about the issues but it doesn't get into like policy at all yeah i think it's uh, more like uh here's this person's biography their background their story uh this is their appeal to the american people and it's been a lot of that 
I think there's been some solid speech uh, speeches. Um, obviously, I, I watched think... Obama's speech today. I thought it was quite good, although it yes. was kind of pretty depressing and kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was literally a former president saying like, "Hey, you guys like democracy? Well, uh, I have bad news. It might <laughs> it might not last for very long." <laughs> Um, unless you do something about it, which was pretty much his message. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a great speech. I obviously Michelle Obama also delivered probably the the highlight of her night, um, most definitely the highlight of her night, and one of the better speeches in this convention. Elizabeth Warren, um, even Gabby Giffords uh, gave uh, her longest uh, speech since she was uh, very unfortunately shot in the head. Um, she recovered, and, and I thought it John was very- Kasich yeah. talked about. Uh- I don't actually know what he talked about. I didn't watch his speech. Did you watch it? No, actually, no. I did not. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought it would it. be funny if they played Kasich and Bernie at the same time and just had them yell over each other. I thought that would have been funny. But <laughs> Together, that's a good yeah. buddy cop comedy yeah. in the making. Oh, yeah. and the media freaked out because uh, AOC... Do, do you yeah. want to explain the straw poll thing? Because I think a lot of people were like, AOC, she's trying to get Bernie in there somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, funny. it's it's even it's people a, who should know how this shit works were like, "What AOC nominated yeah. Bernie Sanders," which is uh, a common like a common gesture that's always done, where it's, uh, the runner-up or anybody that's that ran previously for for president in their party gets nominated by a sur- surrogate. It's it's a procedural thing. It, it's it's obviously just done to to unite the party and to to show a kind gesture to the supporters of a, of a well-beloved candidate. And yes, immediately, the, I, don't, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, it was just out of ignorance, <laughs> but they tried to make this seem like very similar to the, uh, A, the uh, Bernie uh, walkout that happened in 2016, but also the Ted Cruz uh, uh, moment for your conscience type of thing. Yeah. Which, it was not that. Um, yeah. She was just falling through a procedural. Uh, they did it in 2016, didn't they? Didn't Bernie's like yeah. son nominate him or something like that? Something I, I, like that. Yeah, I forget. But yeah, they do it in oh, every convention. It's it's a common thing. And uh, NBC News just went out there and said like, "Oh, AOC did not endorse Joe Biden and endorse Bernie Sanders," and tried to make it a thing, which she rightfully uh, called them out for it. But. Yeah, but not. I mean, the damage was done. They were like, "Oh, the party's falling apart." That was the narrative, right? That there was this giant split in the party, and it was just kind of funny because this, even more so than most years, was a very like controlled sort of environment. Yeah, there couldn't be like a walkout or anything like that because there's nobody to walk out. Yeah, there's a, most of it is pre-recorded. Uh, some of it is live, but most of it is pre-recorded. Uh, no, it, it was they were trying to find a moment, but it was clearly not that. Uh, and this whole convention has not, has been not that. It's been a very solid, smooth, um, all things considered, well-produced convention. I, I don't. Know I mean, a little there's... awkward because it's people just sitting there staring at you and talking. But I mean, honestly, yeah. I've I did not I've not tuned in for a great amount of it, but. The amount that I've tuned in, there were some transitions, and it honestly, the awkwardness was gone within 30 seconds, and I was just watching, you know, an infomercial for the Democratic yeah. Party. And you may, you may be touching upon this a little bit, and a little bit, Daniel, but like, awkwardness is uh, no stranger to these uh, type of conventions, virtual or not virtual. Uh, they're all hell hell of awkward all the time uh, so this has honestly felt less awkward to me maybe i'm just used to conventions yeah, yeah maybe i'm just used to the virtual environment too but 
it's been fine. I don't know if uh, Sam has there. I don't know if you've had time to watch any of it, but anything that stood out to you? No, I haven't seen any of it actually. <laughs> That's okay. That's the, the you're the mate. You're the normal one. Normal people yeah. don't watch conventions, which is which I watched I the, the 2016 one, but this one I just felt like, eh, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a thing. Yeah, Yeah, it was like Biden won the primary like really early on, and mm. it was like. Yeah. It's almost like because there was a slightly less drama going into it, nobody was like, eh. <laughs> people were just yeah, like, hey, I don't not. think, I don't think you're alone, Sam. I bet. And there's been talk about the ratings and whatnot, but the, a lot of it is like TV ratings, they're down, but obviously they're they're uh, they're going to go down uh, because most people watch it online anyways if they are watching it. But um, yeah, it's not, there's not a lot to write home about. Uh, and I did like the roll call. I thought that was cool. But that was that was cool. I actually uh, I heard about it and I watched a video of it afterwards, and I was like, that was pretty cool because it showed all the Democrats in their individual states, and it kind of, you know, it was kind of nice. It was like, uh, you know, there there are Democrats everywhere in every state, you know. <laughs> As it turns out, Thanks, <laughs> Texas for sure. Maybe not Wyoming. I well, I thought it was fake. Trump's been saying it's fake news for so long that I, you know, it's nice to get some confirmation. <laughs> but you know, we mentioned it. We mentioned uh, awkwardness in past conventions. And Daniel, you were telling me that you uh, were planning something here for us that you wanted to to cover. I am. I am Gus. Uh, I I made a list. And we're gonna try doing sound effects. It's our first time, so bear with us if it's if it's bad. But I did a list: the top five more awkward convention moments in recent history. There's a lot of qualifications, uh, <laughs> and I technically did this before the actual DNC convention. So, but I don't think there's anything more awkward. But anyway, are you guys ready for the list? Yeah, number. Well, are you starting number five? Uh, yes, that's how these lists typically go. <laughs> <laughs> number five uh was the 1996 dnc where the clintons and other democrats decided to uh you know get get a little multi-ethnic with it and uh <laughs> they really did think this was like oh this will appeal to hispanic voters and they danced to the macarena in the most incredibly awkward way possible and there's not really a clip here unfortunately but i'll play a little bit of the song Yeah, does that bring you back? Yeah. Anyway, I recommend you watch the video because it is very disturbing. Um, most of the people aren't even doing the Macarena. They're just sort of bobbing up and down. Hillary yeah, Clinton well, Hillary kinda... wasn't. She was just clapping. Uh, <laughs> She's just and clapping a... and looking very awkwardly into the camera. Uh, it, yeah. it is a creepy. It is a creepy video, and I highly recommend that you watch it and you know let it give you some nightmares. Yeah. But that is number five of the most awkward moments or in recent history or of time of all time <laughs> of all time years. in recent history all right you guys ready for number four this goes all the way back to 2012 where the republican party had a little bit of a mystery guys and it really was a mystery they didn't announce who it would be and it was uh a little before mitt Rom- i don't think he introduced mitt romney there's a little before and they brought up clint eastwood to talk 
Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, Clint Eastwood, he's a talented director. director. Uh, you know, I mean, but I mean, I think he was either off his meds or, <laughs> or they just like, they just threw him on stage and he was like, I can just wing it and it'll be fine. But he decided to do this thing where he brought his chair out there and I'm sure he thought it was very clever. And he pretended Obama, who Romney was running against, was sitting in the chair. And then he just sort of proceeded to babble um, to great rounds of applause and standing ovations. Um, I have a clip. I edited out a lot of the really dull stuff. But uh, to be honest, it's mostly really dull stuff left. But let me play some of it. And he's, I, I just was going to ask him a couple questions. But, uh, you know, about, uh, I, I, I remember. So, Mr. President, how do you uh, how do you handle uh, how do you handle promises that you made when you were running for election, and how do you handle? Uh, you how guys do you can handle say mercy. I mean, what do you March. say to people? <laughs> no, you, no, no, no. you just uh, you know, I know people uh, people I mean, are wondering. Like you don't babbling. You don't have it. Okay. Well, I know even I some of the people lost. in your own party were very he disappointed. It's kind of sad because he's getting lost a few times, and, and then I he thought, just pretends uh, well, that the fake Obama get, uh, is closing Gitmo. Why close it? Like, I'm not going to shut so up. Much money on it. Uh, I thought maybe it's an excuse. Uh, uh, oh, what do you mean, shut up? <laughs> he gets lost, and he's okay. like, "Oh, I just, Obama's telling I me to go." I thought it was just because now we're moving onward. And I know in in the. I know you were against uh, the war in Iraq, and that, that's okay. Here's where you pretend. And, but Democrats you thought the war in the Afghanistan was was uh, okay. You know, I mean, you thought that was something that was worth doing. We didn't check with the Russians to see how they did there for the ten years. <laughs> but but it. You rascally uh, Obama starting the Afghanistan did. war. And, uh, it, it was, um, it, you know, it, it's uh, it's something to uh, to be thought about. It and is I something think to be that, about. Uh, I agree. That when we get to uh, uh, maybe, uh, I think you mentioned something about having a target date okay. for bringing we everybody can, yeah. home. <laughs> it's, 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 so it's sort I, of like half-remembered talking points, and it is interesting foreshadowing uh, for the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> sad uh, old men babbling fragments of conservative talking points. Uh, better off dead. <laughs> Interesting People that he, cheering for just the dumbest things in the world. He's criticizing Obama for being for the war in Afghanistan in a Republican convention. Like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. That was number three of the uh, most awkward convention moments or more awkward than the 2020 DNC convention. Okay. Number three, I think, is going to be a little painful for us. There's no clip to go along with it, uh, but it is. I guess we're, it's it's really the walkout, the Sanders supporters walkout of the DNC. Um, that happened in 2016. It's something, the whole 2016 convention, I've, I've kind of erased from my memory, but I do remember being very stressed out during it because the WikiLeaks emails had just, the DNC yeah. emails had just dumped and there was a lot of divisiveness. Um, and that, you know, either exacerbated or led to this massive walkout when, uh, Hillary, you know, there was booing throughout from Sanders supporters. And then when Hillary got the nomination, um, I think it was about 100 supporters walked out. And yeah. it was incredibly awkward. It happened on live TV. And, you know, it was it was crazy. 
You know where um, that can never happen? A virtual convention. A virtual convention. <laughs> they tried to make it happen, though. They were like, AOC's walking yeah. out. Um, all right, number two. Uh, this is the 2015 convention and Sarah Palin's uh, speech. Well, 2008, uh, right? Convention. Oh shit! I did this. I did that again. Yeah, as we were talking about it, I said 2015 also, and I'll tell. I'll explain why I said 2015. Yes, it's the 2008 convention. Sarah Palin's speech, where she talks about who she is, introduces herself to America, says the famous pit bull with lipstick speed uh, line. What's it's the difference between a hockey mom and a pit bull? Yeah, or the, pit bull, yeah, the, the vagina. Lipstick. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna get canceled. All right, <laughs> I actually did not pull a clip of this dumb speech because I started to listen to it and it was dull as dog shit. Uh, really dull as dog shit. It was mostly about Sarah Palin's like family and stuff. Widely uh, praised though. Yeah, that's a. I was gonna go into it was widely praised, and the reason I said it, uh, 2015 is because I actually pulled up a Chris Saliza article in the Washington Post praising Palin. Seven years after she gave the speech, saying that Sarah Palin gave the best speech of her career. Um, that's why I referenced 2015. But I'm going to read a little bit of the praise that she got for the speech. Um, so here, here, let me read from this article. Vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin won high marks in the U.S. press for her performance at the Republican convention. Uh, the Wall Street Journal said that they may have found their own Mag Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Well, the New York Post hailed Palin as a fighter and urged her, you go, girl. Under the headline, she shoots, she scores. The Washington Post said Wednesday's speech by John McCain's surprise vice presidential pick was a political bullseye. Um, if Republicans win the presidential election in November, it may well be said that they won it last night. Oh, God, some of these. Yeah. I, I, uh, let's see if there's anything. Yeah, she proved herself in the great arena. Nobody could watch that speech and still consider a joke, no matter how flimsy her credentials and qualifications are. <laughs> That's Great. a hell of a quote, man. That's Thanks. a hell of a quote. Yeah, and finally, 20 years after Ron, this was John Fund. This is an op-ed, so it's not exactly a straight news headline, but 20 years after Ronald Reagan left the office, Republicans who long missed him may have found a future Margaret Thatcher. These were the headlines after Sarah Palin gave that speech. Yeah. I, thought people, I thought people hated Margaret Thatcher. Well, not conservatives. Um, no, conservatives love Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher was the female Ronald Reagan. And it should I should know that, like, one, yeah, she did get praised, but also this helped John McCain in the polls a lot, like right after the convention, which kind of goes to show the value of a the convention bump. bump. Yeah, and maybe we should kind of be aware of that in these next couple of weeks uh, if it helps one candidate over the other. They usually don't tend to last. Yep, I do have a quick clip, and it is, hold on one second, here it is. Formerly known as the bear, y'all make some it? noise for Governor Sarah yeah. Palin! Okay, good. Can I, I was like to introduce me to a frat party. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was weird when she started doing this, but yeah. they seemed okay. But anyway, sorry. That's from the Mass Singer. That was actually from March. <laughs> that was actually the same day the the WHO declared <laughs> a global emergency. It was um, widely regarded as the best moment of her career, Sarah Palin's career. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'm on number one now. The number one most awkward convention moment of recent history. <laughs> 
is, and then I cheated. I said it, it was Donald Trump's entire 2016 convention because it was a gigantic fucking shit show and there was so much shit that happened at it. This was, you know, I think the Trump presidency has been so awful. A lot of us have erased memories of the Trump campaign. Uh, but at that, at this point, re- sort of real deal Republicans were still kind of iffy on him. So a lot of the people who were coming to speak were just his dumb friends, like some business, random businesses that maybe they owed him money or he owed them money. Um, a collection of every person that was cu- currently running a pyramid scheme spoke, uh, a bunch of D-list celebrities. Melania Trump, uh, plagiarized Michelle Obama's speech (laughs) when she spoke um, and they gave a bunch of awesome excuses like let's see Paul Manafort said it was crazy and blamed Hillary Clinton Katrina Pearson said Melania wanted to communicate to Americans in words they had heard before Uh, (laughs) uh, Sean Spicer (laughs) word for word Sean Spicer Uh, I haven't had that name in a long time oh yeah yeah um Actually, I don't even know what he said. <laughs> anyway, so the rest of the friggin' awful convention, this this uh, nightmare-inducing convention, uh, you had former federal judges, uh, sitting re- Republican lawmakers, future NSA, uh, future attorney generals chanting "Lock her up," including yeah, Michael Flynn. Michael Flynn leading a chant of "Lock her up," uh, and they did lock him up, and then Trump pardoned him. Yeah. Uh, wait, has Trump pardoned him? No, no, I think they just backed off the investigation. He's probably going to pardon him, though. Um, let's I mean, why see. wouldn't he, you know? There was, there was a lot of fake pro-LGBT stuff, even though Trump has been dismantling LGBT rights across the board. Oh, and, the, and you know, just as a little treat, there was a little, just a little bit of Russian collusion. <laughs> just a little <laughs> bit at the... They, they colluded with some uh, high-level Russian officials who were there on the platform, I believe, on the planks of the platform. Um, and yeah. there was Trump's hour and a half long ass speech, which again was, you know, although it was controversial, it was praised a lot as, you know, he's, uh, he's turning a new leaf. He's, he's getting the tone right and everything. Um, it was, was a, that was when awful. he used a teleprompter? He did use a teleprompter. Yeah. Although he did want go off of it a few times, but you know, it was a speech mainly about how crime was so bad in America and how everybody was dying, which was a, a giant fat lie at that point because <laughs> um at that time crime was at historic lows it had started to tick up in the last year but if you look at the entire last 30 years of america crime had been plummeting uh so obviously it was a lie um of course you know now crime is still ticking up and a lot of the suggestions are that it's trump's fault but i think uh, i have a clip of his speech here but if you if you you know it's an interesting part of his speech uh i i want to point out you should you should pay close attention to the last couple of lines of this clip can you hear it yeah nobody knows the system better than me (laughs) it's a famous line from the speech Which is why I alone can fix it. I have a message for all of you. The crime and violence that today afflicts our nation will soon, and I mean very soon, come to an end. God, remember when Donald Trump 
promise to end crime. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Beginning on January 20th of 2017, safety will be restored. Mm -hmm. I feel safe. We all feel the most safe, basic right? duty of government is to defend the lives of its own citizens. Any government True. that fails to do so is a government unworthy to lead. So, yeah, anyway. That's that's you know what <laughs> Donald Trump. I agree. Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. And just like always, he put a foot in his mouth, and then later, if anyone questions him about it, he's like, "I didn't say that. I would never say that." Uh, yeah, well, he meant them. defend from like terrorists, not you know stuff that. No, he never said that. Really. If he said, if he wanted to say it, then he should have. Yeah, but that's what he meant. He's not talking about universal health care. He's talking about shooting people. <laughs> talking about black people is what he's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he could be talking about Muslims too. Yeah. Uh, true. Judge him too harshly. Anyway, so that was the top five most awkward moments in modern history from conventions. Yeah, and you know, it's it's of funny that we ended with, with Donald Trump because he is going to speak next week and I'm willing to bet money. Not literally. I'm not. A, I'm not a better, but I am very certain you're going to hear a lot of the same thing. Uh, as if time did not, as if four years did not just happen, and he's going to say that only he can uh, uh, stop crime. He's the law and order president. Um, he's he's going to say that if you elect Joe Biden, every uh, city is going to be like Portland or Minneapolis, as if those cities somehow were firebombed or something and mm -hmm. wiped out of, out of existence. Uh, even though A, that did not happen, but B, he's president. <laughs> you know, he's the <laughs> He's a freaking president right now. It's happening under his watch if, if it were to be so, so terrible. So I'm expecting uh, that speech 2.0 mixed with the Mount Rushmore speech that we covered a couple of episodes back. It's It doesn't take a genius to figure out what he's going to say. What do you think he's going to say about COVID? I feel like it's he's a, not. the... Yeah, he's probably he's not going to say anything, anything about uh, it. It's going to be like the Mount Rushmore speech. He might like give thanks to the uh, uh, healthcare workers <laughs> and then just like move thanks on. to the first responders who are working so hard to kill the virus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, the thing that he's going to talk about Portland and Minneapolis, like they just got firebombed, and the thing that is actually killing a thousand Americans a day is going to get ignored. That's one hundred percent what's going to happen. And of course, it's going to be a real convention because there's no real virus right now. Is it a real convention? Or is no, it I think they, they backed off. It is going to be virtual. Um, oh, okay. okay. I think so. I mean, you never know. You, you shouldn't put it past them. So uh, we'll look, for, look forward to that moment next week. I'll but, definitely watch that one. <laughs> great. <laughs> um, but thank you, Daniel. That was a, a, a nice uh, um, throwback through memories I've long forgotten. Some of it for the best. But we want to move on to our next uh, topic. Uh, we want to go into, sadly, something a little bit more serious because something that did happen this week that did get lost in the convention talk was uh, the very recent Senate uh, Intelligence Committee report that came out regarding uh, the Russia investigation, which... 
Daniel, I'm going to let you kind of cover the details because I think you have a better grasp on it than I do. But uh, from what I can gather here, basically confirming that the Trump campaign did uh, was uh, uh, approached by uh, foreign entities to to give assistance for the election uh, during the election, and and not only that, but they reciprocated on that and actually uh, uh, sought out uh, assistance from uh, foreign entities. Did is that more or less correct from what you know? It is. It is correct, and it's a thousand pages, so I have not. <laughs> finished reading right. it yet unfortunately it's it's uh but it was bipartisan which is pretty remarkable considering it you know basically confirmed uh the basics of, of Mueller's report but added you know went a little further uh it didn't you know it didn't say that uh the trump administration or anybody in the trump administration other than the people who had been charged by uh Mueller committed a crime as to uh conspiring with the russian government um, but it did say, well, like you said, the Russian government undertook uh, an extensive campaign uh, to try to influence and sabotage the 2016 election um, and to help Trump win. Um, and Trump's campaign was open to help uh, from from Russian intelligence. Yeah. Um, in particular, it had more about Paul Manafort working uh, very closely with a member of Russian intelligence, his longtime uh Business associate Konstantin Kilimnik. Um, let me just preface a little before I get deep into the Russia hole. It can get a little dense, so if I just start yeah. babbling, you can just lower my volume and move on to the next topic. But it, there's a lot of stuff here, and I don't want to hit too much of it. But it is quite remarkable. I, I mean, just imagine for a second that you found out that Obama's campaign manager uh, was working with who Axelrod, right? Was working with Iranian intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you couldn't even imagine. Like you, all of both of you guys started smiling because it sounds so absurd, but that's exactly what happened here. Um, not only that, uh, they tied Kilimnik to the actual uh, stealing of emails and dumping them in order to influence the election, which I don't think that Mueller had done previously. They actually said Kilimnik was involved um, as he worked with Manafort, and Manafort was passing him information. Um, now, Manafort would not answer a single question about this, uh, and he even got a harsher sentence because he wouldn't talk about it. Um, because, you know, people who talk about Russian intelligence frequently end up getting poisoned or beat to death, um, including in America. That that has happened. So yeah. I understand why he would not um, want to wanna maybe go after Mr. Kilmanick. But... Um, so I do want to just step in real quick because I think you mentioned something, and we and we do the the Obama comparison, like what if Obama did this? But I'm thinking like literally any other presidency and any other administration. If yeah. this had, if this kind of story had come out, uh, that uh, the current administration during a, an election during a campaign sought assistance from a foreign uh, force entity. Uh, um, at, yeah, just a foreign of a foreign source. It would be just the biggest story of our generation. I mean, it would mm -hmm. be Watergate 2.0. Uh, the and and now after all of this, and and this this was something that we followed pretty much from the uh, uh, the start of the Trump administration their relationship with Russia. Uh, it's been a whole back and forth. We had the Mueller report. We had the the, um, uh, the congressional hearings. And now it's just a pretty much confirmation that, yes, it's true. It happened. And it's a th uh, according to the media. Like, it's not covered. It's, 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 it's being drowned out by this convention. Um, 
even though it's a bipartisan report that pretty much confirms what should be a massive once in a lifetime type of scandal, right? I mean, yeah, not, a, I mean, just even specific parts of it, like uh, they finally confirmed, well, I, I don't know, finally is the right word, but they confirmed that Roger Stone coordinated with WikiLeaks, but they also confirmed that Trump coordinated with Roger Stone. I mean, the tr Trump and the campaign coordinated directly with Roger Stone in coordinating with WikiLeaks to dump these documents. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty yeah. substantial thing. And it, not only that, um, it would mean that Trump perjured himself because when he answered Mueller's questions, he said he had never discussed WikiLeaks with Roger Stone, um, which would be a lie if he was coordinating on the WikiLeaks drops. Um, they found out that the day the Access Hollywood tape dropped, uh, Roger Stone, uh, Trump, the Trump campaign heard about the tape an hour before its release, and they reached out to Roger Stone. Roger Stone reached out to Corsi to get Assange to, quote, drop the Podesta emails immediately, and WikiLeaks did so 20 minutes out, 30 minutes after the tape was published. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I mean, the one thing that I think Trump is good at, or maybe Trump is just um, new, or yeah, good at, is that he has many disasters at once. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, with COVID going on, no one's going to care about, well, at least yes, I mean, the they Russia should report. care, but I mean, no one's really going to care about. No, I mean, we almost weren't going to even talk about it. <laughs> it's such, yeah, a, it's it's such a, like, there's so much shit that doesn't get covered because there is so much shit. Like, we did, we're we not going to touch on too much of Steve Bannon, even though it's another series of crime that, crimes that the Trump, the Trump administration has committed. Yeah, um, and I mean, that's that's kind of like in this just this one thing that we've just covered in like the last five minutes, we mentioned Michael Flynn, we mentioned uh, Roger Stone, we mentioned uh, Manafort, uh, all of them that uh, obviously ran into issues with the law. And then just today, as you mentioned, Daniel, um, Steve Bannon was arrested by uh, by Postal Service officers, <laughs> no less. Uh, um, he was boat. arrested in his multi-million dollar yacht uh, because of uh, possible money laundering uh, and uh, fraud regarding uh, <laughs> that little private built the wall in New Mexico thing. Not not far from from uh, uh, too far from where I am actually. But uh, was it, he the it, one that was fired while on the toilet? No, I think that was Tillerson. Mm. Although Bannon was probably on the toilet because if you look at Bannon, he looks like a guy who spends a lot of time on the toilet. So the build the wall thing, just to cover, that's like it, they ask people to donate so a private entity could build the wall here or something like that. And it's just, an, people, yeah, obviously like border walls are built by private entities all the time. Like just the biggest um, grifter in the world. And today he, he was arrested. And again, this is just a trail, like a murderer's row of grifters and um criminals all associated with the with the trump administration and somehow we've still normalized it every single day well it's the republicans that let it slide i mean yeah. the people who signed the fucking senate bipartisan senate report came out and were misrepresenting what was in it in order to downplay how bad it was for donald trump uh like marco rubio came out and said uh is he was he one of the ones that signed the 
well, I don't remember. Yeah, he's part of the set, yeah. The, the gang of eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he came out and I forget what he said, but he was like, yep, no big deal. No collusion. It's all good in the hood. Um, yeah, he said that the concern was how the FBI was run during the Obama administration or something like that. It always just goes back to to blaming Obama with these yeah. idiots. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of just in awe. I, I think you're right, uh, Sam. I think a lot of it is just because uh, Trump is just like a vacuum of chaos. And yeah. it's and it's been four years of chaos, and right now we're in the biggest uh, shitstorm of them all. Uh, this is like his his magnum opus of of shitstorms. Uh, what's going on right now with COVID and the uh, racial tensions in the streets? Uh, and yeah, this comes out, and it's just it gets some headlines, and then sadly, it looks like we're just going to move on. Which is what we're gonna do right now. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were gonna do that. I knew you were gonna do that. Well, unfortunately, we have to. We had we have to cover other topics. Dude, I have hours of rants about Russia, and no, I'm just kidding. I mean, if there's something else you want to add on to, Daniel, or the Bannon thing, quite frankly, I'm all ears. We got time. Uh, I'd rather move on to talk about Laura. <laughs> we all rather move on. QAnon. Yeah. Rather move oh, on to the, the real true conspiracy theories like QAnon. Yeah, what's really going on in the world. So our next topic is not one big topic. It's kind of a menagerie of things that we just want to hit on real quick. One of them we did just hit on, which is just today, uh, Steve Bannon was arrested by uh, U.S. Postal Service officers. <laughs> which I saw a tweet out uh, saying that in my head, I imagined them like with the same U.S. Postal Service uniform as the a military. shorts and the little bag. <laughs> but they just have a gun. Right. No, dude, they just have a letter opener to his. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, Ugh. don't mess with them. Um, so, so, yeah, that happened today. Another thing we wanted to cover real quick because we mentioned this last week was uh, what's going on with the Postal Service, uh, with the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, the Post uh, Master General did make a statement and said that they were. Uh, stopping any changes, any scheduled changes that they, they were going to go through uh, before the election because they don't even want to give, a, according to him, a semblance of uh, that they're doing this to, to uh, interfere with the election in any way. Which, hey, that comes out. It sounds like good news, right? It sounds like maybe the outcry um, uh, did us, uh, uh, was beneficial and, and, and actually helped out. But there's really been uh, questions as to what type of actions he's actually going to take because one of one of the things that kind of seems to be a sure thing is that he's not rolling back anything that he's already or that the postal service any changes that the postal service has already implemented including the decommission and um uh basically destruction or, or disconnection of of sorting machines uh, that already happened before he made that statement. And in fact, there were reports showing that they were continuing to happen. Either yeah, I was going to say, do we even believe this schmuck? I mean, he's a yeah. member of the Trump administration. He's bright red. He looks like he's constantly wet. <laughs> I don't believe <laughs> I don't no, believe this, dude. Uh, he's yeah, he's like, yeah, we're stopping. The Trump administration, of course they're going to say we're stopping. And then they're just going to keep fucking doing it because that's what they do to the fucking Trump administration. Yeah, Sorry, that's the main thing. It's, it's like, do we just call bullshit on this? Because it's, one, the most recent reports that we got is that nothing's really changing. And that's just been in a couple of days. Uh, 
do we really think this there's, there's going to be any kind of reversal or is this is just making a statement making people calm down and feel like they're going to be safe and then just going going about their business as they normally would have i mean yeah. that's what trump does like we just talked about like a few minutes ago the only thing happen. i might the only thing it might gum it up is the actual postal service kind of rebelling against it a little bit but i mean yeah i would not this guy can say, oh, we're not going to make any changes before the election, but I, I'm frankly pretty skeptical. Yeah. I would like some sort of verification that nothing is really going on because uh, I don't trust him. He yeah, I mean, I might, the only thing I can do as a citizen is if I were to be asked, I would say take the same precautions that you were taking before any any he, before he made the statement if you were planning to vote early obviously be safe about it but that's still what i would recommend you know that's mm -hmm. uh, the, the vote early vote uh it's it's if if your state allows it uh or if not maybe use a dropbox i think we're all getting an amber alert right now but um use a dropbox vote early uh Still, you know, don't don't take this for granted and don't take certainly don't take anybody in the Trump's administration's word for it. Um, but beyond that, uh, again, just a series of, of stories that we wanted to cover. Uh, another thing that we wanted to cover is just what the hell is going on with the um, uh, with the Republican primary right now. I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, but there's just been a a, a couple of insane lunatics that have won their um their nomination to to uh the republican nomination to to run for congress in the fall one of them is uh laura loomer uh who just won just a couple of days ago uh apparently she's pretty much a nazi do i get that correct like unabashed well, like racist i mean islamophobe uh, proud I'm basing, you know she's not you know she's not tweeting out swastikas and things like that but she's like you know, she called Islam a cancer. She said Muslims shouldn't be allowed to hold public office. She said, responded to tweets about how, you know, when refugees were dying, uh, she said, great, more people need, I, I forget exactly what she said, but she said along the lines of, uh... Who will she be facing in the actual election? So she's she's not, probably not going to win. Uh, yeah, but she but did get called out and retweeted Trump by Trump, so who knows. She's also said Muslims are savages, Jews controlled the banks and the media. Um, she's been banned from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Medium, GoFundMe, Venmo, MGM Resorts, PayPal, Lyft, Uber, Uber Eats, um, and the 2019 Conservative Political Action Conference. <laughs> wow. She's been banned from a lot. Uh yeah, I think she got banned from the car lift services because a Muslim picked her up, and she was like, "Why? Why are Muslims picking me up?" I mean, she she is insane. She's even more insane than the normal run of, run of the mill insane. It's like there's there's QAnon insane, and then there's Laura Loomer, who's even somehow worse than QAnon insane. It's like the QAnon lady would would probably be like, yeah. "Well, she didn't say this, but she'd probably think Laura Loomer is kind of nuts." Uh, because and, Laura Loomer is quite, kind of nuts. It, it, yeah, and there is a video of Laura Loomer trying to hit on a dude drunk, talking about how he looks Aryan, and she loves that. And don't worry, she she looks Aryan too, and she's got an Ashkenazi Jewish mind, so that makes up for it. And I mean, who the fuck? 
who the yeah. fuck goes into like yeah man like uh my skull shape i'm i'm horny let's talk about skull yeah, shapes that's like and, her. yeah <laughs> it's, it's just what the like what in the fuck is wrong with the republican party um that's all I have to say about that. But and in regards to Laura Loomer, um, she won the primary in the uh, Florida's twenty-first congressional district. That is a, a safe um, a Democratic district, uh, from what I can see here. The it's represented by a Democrat named Lois Frankel, uh, who is probably going to win. So it's 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 a safe Democratic uh, district. She's probably not going to go to Congress. You never know, but uh, that's. Uh, most likely the case. Uh, regarding the, as you mentioned, Daniel, the QAnon lady, uh, that's a different story. She is in a safe Republican district. Her name is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, she is a, a, a an open QAnon supporter. Uh, do we want to mention what QAnon is, or should we just assume our audience knows a little bit about it? Probably explain it just a little bit. I don't know if you want wanted me to touch uh, go on it for a little it, bit. Okay, so QAnon, it's a conspiracy that started a little while ago, and a guy showed up on 4chan and basically said he was like in the Trump administration and he was going to give all this secret information about how Trump was secretly, you know, fighting the deep state and fighting the secret group of uh, satanic pedophiles who secretly runs our world. You know, normal stuff. Um, <laughs> he wrote that on 4chan. People, you know, are idiots and thought, oh, this is obviously real stuff. And, you know, he'd write in the most cryptic way possible. And, of course, it's, you know, not real because he said, you know, Hillary Clinton will be arrested in 2017 and she hasn't been arrested. <laughs> um, he said he said numerous times that that, you know, the the sort of democratic pedophile satanic cabal that secretly runs the world. Trump is out there fighting it sort of underground. Um, and this is becoming more and more mainstream. Um you know, their their QAnon's famous phrase is the storm is coming, and the storm would be like a giant uh I guess all the pedophiles would be arrested <laughs> on the same day, and that's the storm is when Trump finally arrests all the pedophiles. Um, but you know, the Texas GOP suddenly made their official motto uh something about storms. And you know, maybe they don't they don't believe in QAnon, but I think it's a it's a it's a purposeful yeah. act to sort of recruit these people because they you know if you can get people on an issue that is totally illusory like you know fighting underground satanic pedophile clubs that secretly rule the world then you really don't need to get them on anything else uh yeah. because who's going to vote who's going to be like well i could vote against this i could vote for the satanic pedophile club or i could vote for the guys trying to fight it i don't know it's tough it's a tough year yeah. uh yeah. So just, that's QAnon. Yeah. In a and just today, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, the president, uh, President Trump was asked uh, essentially what, what he feels about uh, these supporters. And he's said, he quote, they like me, which of course he's going to say that first. It's, it's about it, whether uh, he, oh, he's about him. Yeah. But he says they like me and they love the country. Um, and when asked about, uh, you know, well, they, they believe that you're secretly saving the world from this cult of pedophiles and cannibals, uh, are you behind that? And then he re responded by saying, is that supposed to be a bad thing? We, we are actually, we are saving the world. 
yeah, as of the course. president of the United States, uh, yeah, basically, of course, approving of this crazy, um, these crazy conspiracy theories, um, theories. Uh, so here we are. Um, and I do want to say one thing I've kind of noticed, uh, at least in my uh, little Twitter world, is how uh, we're kind of playing this both sides again between when we're talking about these primaries. Uh, I've seen media figures talk about how uh, basically building a, a, an, somehow an equivalency between Elon Omar winning her primary and these crazy QAnon conspiracy theor- uh, theorists and and uh, a, a literal not, not a, a very open racist, pretty much Nazi uh, a candidate. And you know what? I like honestly, I've had my differences with Ilan Omar. Uh, she said some things that I haven't been on board 100%. But come on, there is absolutely no equivalency between somebody who uh, is concerned about Palestinian rights and may have some grievances with, regarding um, the Israeli government to literally a crazy QAnon conspiracy theorist and racist and Nazis. And. Uh- Laura Loomer alleged for a while that Ilan Omar, Ilan Omar was trying to kill her. <laughs> That's how crazy yeah. this fucking shit is. She literally said that Ilan Omar had hired like Muslim men to hunt her down. Because that's it's nice. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. and I, I, they're not going to be. But I really wish uh, uh, members in our media would be a little bit more responsible because I know you're desperate to call both sides and to make it sound like, well, we're all going into extreme directions, but it's not the same. It's not remotely the same. You need to, this. This bullshit needs to be called out the way it should be called out, and that it's there shouldn't be room in any major political party in the United States for for people like uh, what's her name, Laura Loomer or uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <sighs> That's well, all. The Republicans can't afford to alienate the crazy because they are the crazy. They need the votes. <laughs> they need the votes. That's so they're not. You know. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much these topics that we wanted to to cover here, um, and we're gonna move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, Sam, you've been a little quiet today, but luckily you've uh, let me know that you've been indulging in a new anime that you wanted to share with us today. Indulging. Yes, uh, you've been, I love that you've been word. enjoying uh, this. Uh, comedy this time around you uh your first anime that you um highlighted in this uh podcast pretty serious mental health issues um you you mentioned that it caused a lot of anxiety in a good way in a in a, in a tense but but uh uh very uh very engaging way but now you're bringing us more of a lighthearted comedy uh, tell us a little bit about this anime that you've been watching the first thing is that it's I know strange is not a uncommon thing when with going to anime, but I mean let's face it, I've seen like every anime of that's ever been created in this anime. That's what we say. Yeah. Say I've seen them all. So what's yeah. what's the name of this anime? It is called Amagi. A-M-A-G-I Brilliant Park. Um, It's basically about this um, theme park in Japan that is, like, doesn't have any visitors, and um, they need, like, 250,000 visitors before the end of three months, or they close. Um, It's in pretty terrible shape. They, um... So this is the weird part. 
most of the workers there are from another planet or another like dimension. Mm, huh? World. Planet or like like a physical like they're aliens or it's, like a dimension? They're like it's a magical I'm doing air quotes right Different now. Realm. Realm. Thank you. That's a good word. And each of them has different magical abilities, and there's this one person who's a woman who um the first shot of the entire episode is this woman, or I don't know how old she is, but they never really say. She uh, holds out a a flintlock <laughs> to a guy and tries to get him to go out with her. Um, and she says no, and then he shoots one right, uh, shoots a pistol or a ball right, like, right to the left of him. And he's like, okay, fine, fine, let's do it. Um, this, this anime, I mean, it's, if you've seen weird animes in the past, like, for example, Fumofu, if you've seen Osamanga Dayo, um, I think you'll enjoy this anime. Um, just be aware that it's, uh, the way it portrays itself is very unusual, which, uh, when I first saw it, the first two episodes, I was like, wow, this is, this is really unusual. Why is it unusual? Um, so let's make it seem like we're, we live in Japan. It's just hypothetical because, you know. Okay. You know. I'm yeah. in Japan now. Yeah, you're it's in great. Japan. Okay, we're living in I Japan. Oh my God, um, restaurants, everything. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and let's say you are the, you are, uh, in high school, and a girl asks you out to a theme park with a with a flintlock, and then you go to this uh, amusement park and find out that everyone that works there is like this magical being. There's like a magical screw, or a magical guy that looks like a wrench. There's one that looks like a cash register. They even have like, uh... are you gonna say something, like Daniel? Yeah, I was going to say, is this Spirited Away? Because yeah, it sounds a little bit like Spirited, Spirited Away. Vibes. You're giving me a little bit of Spirited Away. I've never seen Spirited Away, so I can't um, say if it has. <laughs> you seen, Our anime expert has never seen Spirited seen Away. Anime. It's... <laughs> you just said you've you never seen Spirited Away. All right, we need to watch Spirited Away together. All right, sorry, go on. You're canceled, Sam. Chancel culture. Um, uh, it tells a larger narrative, most definitely. Um, the basic premise is that they have to get this number of of visitors to the park, or else they close in three months. Um, and I haven't finished the most important part. So the the girl that asks out the main character, Isuzu Sento. Basically, it's like tricked into, or not tricked, but he's like he can fit. He, yeah, he's convinced to becoming the manager of the theme park. So, it, like, he does a lot of stuff to try and save the park. He does that to impress the girl. No, oh. he's a he's a 
He's afraid of the girl, I think, actually, but oh, okay. He generally wants to save the but I think I think what it's gonna turn out and don't don't I mean since I haven't seen the one anime that really counts, don't you know don't put all Take, of my eggs in the basket. But don't put all um, of your eggs in, in Sam's basket. Yes. He doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's gonna become where they're where they're gonna be it's a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Um, because that's just you know, I've seen a lot so of no animes. Yeah, to, uh, except the main one, you know, like so. yeah, the main one. So this is a cade of animes. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, but, yeah, a, I think I think if you give it time, um, and try not to, don't expect anything out of this. Don't expect it's gonna be like. The most funniest show that you've ever seen. It's funny, but it's not like it's more of I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's more like pleasant. Yeah, pleasant. It's, it's less word. like laugh out loud and more like you just have a smile pinned to your face the whole time yes. because it's like yes. oh, makes you feel good. Yes, but then but oh. in a weird way. Yeah, and then it's creepy because you're just sitting there smiling at your TV alone. And did you um, did you uh, watch this on any kind of streaming service, or did you just get it off the quote unquote that, internet? Uh, yes, the internet. Uh, okay, internet. Yeah. But I'm sure it's on Crunchyroll. You know, most anime is on Crunchyroll. So, but if you don't if you don't have it, you know, do what I do. Watch it on the internet. That's all. Watch it on the uh, internet. All right. So what's the an- what's the name of the anime? Just one last time. Uh, it is called Amagi A M A G I, Brilliant Park. It took me a while to find this on the internet. So don't give up if you try one thing and it doesn't find it. Just keep trying. Keep plugging away. Just keep Never going on all those legal service uh, streaming yes. services. When we'll yes. have it eventually. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can all uh, we can all use a little bit of lightheartedness in our in, in our lives right now. So, definitely sounds like something worth checking out. So, thank you for sharing that, Sam. Uh, if you're uh, going to continue watching it, you know, we may come back to it and, and see what your final thoughts are on the. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on Spirited Away whenever you get around to watching it. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we can do a Spirited, friendly reminder, Spirited Spirited Away watch cast or something. Anyway. A Miyazaki marathon. Yeah. Um, Well, that does bring us to the end of our show. So once again, I want to thank you, Daniel and Sam, uh, for joining me today. Another great discussion, another great week. Uh, and I also want to take uh, thank even our listeners today. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, listening to us uh, uh, go back and forth regarding serious but also lighthearted issues. Uh, and that is our show, our the weekly friendly reminder. And. We'll see you next week for yet another friendly reminder.